lift in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask it. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to be present and with the Spirit of God here among us and with us, working through us. Amen. Love the young people's song a while ago. Thank you very much. That blessed my heart. I got my mind made up. Amen. I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to turn back. Amen. But we, we certainly want to see him. That's what we want to see. And even in this service today, we want to see Jesus. Seen a lot of man shown through the ages, but we want to see Jesus. We want him manifest here among us. Amen. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis 17, I'm going to read from there again this morning. Um, there's a, a still a lot in the scripture that I want to bring out. Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, then down verse 21, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. Amen. Going to let you be seated. We want to welcome each one of you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And amen. It's good to have you, Sister Melanie, all the way from Australia, Talia, all of the, the children there, each one that is here with us. We're just happy to have you. The Davis family, we hadn't have you and privileged to have you in a little while. So good to see you today. Amen. I was thinking about you yesterday again. And uh, each one of you, as we anticipated for the service today, I, I believe the Lord has something special for us. We're in special time and a special hour. And we're a special people called for a purpose. Uh, I just, um, you know, was uh, come across a couple of things as I listened to tapes this week and, and uh, you know, it really not particularly for my study, just for my own edification. And um, I heard Brother Branham say these words, God doesn't promise a flower bed of Eden. Don't falsify Christian and don't falsify the message by telling that everything's going to be all right, that there's nothing going to harm you. There's nothing, there ain't no trials, no nothing. That's wrong. As a poet said, must I be carried to home to heaven on a flower bed of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? No, sir. God doesn't promise ease and prosperity, but he promises grace to endure in every hard trial, and it's that grace we look to. Amen. So God doesn't say everything's always going to go right and you'll never have any troubles and, and there won't be um, reoccurring heartaches or heartaches that never happened before. God doesn't say that. Life is full of trouble. We are here as mortals and God doesn't even intend us to live here forever in these mortal bodies. Amen. He put a time limit on them. Amen. He doesn't want us to be here beyond a certain set time of suffering. And God knows exactly what we all must endure. And one by one, we'll be taken off the board as it was and set aside and into that heavenly kingdom, graduated from here. 
But we know this, that while we're here, we can look for his favor. And his favor comes in many ways. It brings healing. It brings deliverance. It brings salvation for our homes. It brings peace. It brings joy. Uh, it brings uh, satisfaction. It brings all kinds of things. But, you know, again, long life's journey, we go through ups and downs and trials and curves in life's journey. Amen. But, uh, you know, he didn't say that we wouldn't go through that. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They keep me in line. And so we're, we're looking to that today. And, um, you know, I, I thought about it today as um, I got word through email from Sister Melanie coming from all the way from Australia. You know, Australia is like Japan and some of the New Zealand, some of the other. They've been really shut down tight and, yeah. not, and not able to get out of the country and people wasn't able to get in. I just got word from Sister Ruth um, over there. Uh, in Japan, uh, the, she's our translator there into the Japanese language, and she was telling me of another sermon that was just translated into the Japanese language. But she said, we're just now opening up the doors. You, you know, it's, if you want to visit, you, you're required to have um, three different shots of, uh, of inoculation from covid so, you know, one don't work, and two don't work, and a booster's got to, you know, work. And, you know, so, you know, there's um, all kinds of restrictions, lots of fear, a lot of trouble in the world that we're in today. But we know who holds tomorrow. He's in, a, we are in his hand. Now, I've always told you as a church that we need to be like a big oak tree where that um, ones could come, God's children could come if they needed healing or deliverance of the Holy yes. Ghost or whatever it is that we want to be like that where people can come and rest under our shade for a little while and, and receive um, refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Now, that's why Sister Melanie is here. She has a great need. And uh, just as soon as it opened up on the plane she got, and she's traveled now all those hours getting in last night and, and now in the service today. And, and uh, you say, Brother Tim, why, why would you mention that? Well, I, I think about Brother Ron. You know, when um, he was preaching some, well, it was in 2020. Um, seemed like it was the, yeah, 2020 in June there that he had just, he was just so weak and he could not go any further and and, uh, it, you know, it was just collapsing every day and ran all, out of energy. We had visited him earlier. And, um, you know, I'd flown in there in February. We were supposed to have gone to Japan and we canceled the meetings there because the COVID had come and shut it down and people wouldn't get able to get off of ships. And uh, we were, became concerned that we wouldn't be able to get back in the country or, you know, we'd get hung up somehow. So we, we canceled our trip to go into there uh, in, in Japan. Instead, I went to all the way over into um, Virginia. And um, Karen and I went and prayed for Brother Ron Spencer. And when we prayed for him, he'd been told he had cancer um, then. And... Uh, he, he, when he, we prayed for him, the fear left him. All the fear, all the anxiety, every bit of it left. And that went with, along with the cancer. 
and, and, but now, you know, he was still left so weak that he could not function. By the way, he is preaching today at Brother Ray Erickson's up in Ohio. That's where he is. He, he, he's untiring in his, in his drive to, to preach the gospel, to minister to those that are in need. But anyway, uh, speaking of that, I, you know, he, he, he had spoke on a Sunday. It was in June and, and uh, sp- spoke on a, um, uh, 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 on a Sunday that, that um, uh, you know, sometimes uh, people would drive 17 hours to get to Brother Branham and, and the prayer line and yes. be prayed for. Yes. And that night in the middle of the night, he began to think on what he preached. And he said, we're 17 hours. And he, he got to just put it together real quick. And he said, I'm going to Louisiana. Yeah. Well, at that same time, you know, Sister Karen was struck down with a brain bleed and was in the hospital and, and was, um, you know, in a, in a very dire condition then, the doctors said she wouldn't live, and God gave us another year with her, a good year, and it was a wonderful time. But nevertheless, um, you know, she lay in that condition, the ICU, they wasn't giving me any hope, she wasn't talking, she wasn't responding. Uh, they had done a blood evacuation from her brain, and, and uh, you know, honestly, I, I didn't feel like being that, uh, you know, that... I had anything to give. If you know what I'm talking about. I mean, he, he wants to come and, and I feel like oh, I, I've got a wife and you know, my, she's got this need and she's in a dying condition and, and, and I'm asked to pray. I'm being asked to pray for you coming over here 17 hours and my wife's in this kind of condition. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything to believe for my wife and, yeah. and, and here I'm attacked on this every hand here and slammed on every side and now God, you're sending somebody 17 hours away from me to pray for him. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I've got anything that I got to give, you know, who am I? Yeah. And uh, I went into the hospital and, and to see Karen squeezed her hand, she squeezed me back and I said, she's there. She squeezed, she squeezed me back. I love you. And, and uh, I called Brother Ron back and I said, Brother Ron, you come on. I said, I'll get the, the girls to visit with Karen and the ICU while I can't be there. And I said, I'll spend that time to minister with you. And he, went, he came there and leaving out on Sunday evening, drove and uh, got there Monday. Um, and uh, we spent all day Monday. Let me tell you, he didn't wait. He didn't wait for a special time of prayer, whatever. He said, I want you to pray right now. And we prayed with him and the Holy Spirit moved on his behalf. And um, he went back to uh, there to, to Virginia and he hasn't missed a day's work since. Working with his boys every day, except for doctor's appointments that he had to go to. Other than that, he hadn't missed a day because of being sick and too weak to go. You see, God, he makes a way. Amen. And sometimes when you don't feel like you've got anything to give or who am I or, or, you know, how can we have faith in this hour? The word of God rises up within us and provides the grace for the time of need. Amen. You know, Brother Branham talked about this after all God did for Abraham. 
and showing him El Shaddai and, and uh, bringing him through justification, sanctification as it was to the baptism of the Holy Ghost in type. And, and, then, and then he comes all the way, got a 16-year-old boy, think now trials are over. And he says, Abraham, I just want to see how much faith you really got. I'm going to give you a back set in your divine healing. See how far you trust me, you know. Sometimes you have back sets. Did you ever know that? I've had a lot of them. Yes, I've been preaching the gospel for years and turned right around and I get so sick, I don't know what to do sometimes. But my anchor holds. Amen. I just anchor it around Calvary and say, oh God, I can't see Calvary. The waves are so heavy. You know, imagine it like a boat going up and down and you, you lose a glimpse and he said, you lose glimpse of Calvary. God, I can't see Calvary. The waves are so heavy. And my, my people are all saying this. The doctor says I can't live. But something in here, the lifeline is still holding. Yeah. Amen. That's the thing today is our lifeline is still holding. And so therefore we look, no matter whether there's ups and downs, we know we're tied to a promise at Calvary. By my stripes you were healed. Amen. How many feels like you're tied to that this morning? Well, no matter whether your trials come, your anchor holds to the promise of God. Amen. Questions comes, problems comes, doubts comes, fears comes, unbelief comes, but our anchor holds. We know in whom we have believed. And we're persuaded he's able to keep that which we've committed to him against that day. I want to turn to Revelations 19 and I want to look at verse 6 because I'm not through with this scripture either. And uh, I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunder and saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Blessed are they that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Now, last Sunday, I was speaking on Abraham's voice. Today, I'm going to speak on the junction. Because, you know, um, with Abraham's voice, as we talked about, it was just, it's a part of the great multitude. It is a sound of many waters like thunderings that literally speak out of every scripture. Now, Abraham here was at a junction of time, and it was that junction of time that there was a display of omnipotence. You see, things were not going to remain the same from here on out at this appearing of El Shaddai. Things would never be the same that it was before. Ishmael, the son of the bondswoman, would no longer be thought of as the promised son. Uh, You know, the Hagar, the bondswoman, would no longer have her place as the mother of the promised son. Now they would be blessed and Ishmael would become a great nation, but they would no longer would he be thought of as Abraham's heir. 
and, and neither would he be the one who the covenant of God was with. God was making it plain. I'm making my covenant with another. And at this junction that we're in now, God has rejected every denomination and has taken a bride without spot or wrinkle. Now, that's not saying none of them will be saved. They will be saved. They'll go through tribulation, but he's taken an elect people like he did with Isaac. And the church will go through the tribulation. Aren't you glad that there's more grace than what you ever realize? Amen. I'm glad there was a grace for Ishmael. Ishmael, God would say, I will bless him. I'll make a great nation of him. I'm not just rejecting him totally. I'm not pushing him out. I'm just telling you, I'm making a covenant with another people. And this people will come out of Isaac and it's going to come out of the supernatural. It won't be the bondswoman producing this, but it'll be the, uh, a child of the free. And, and he'll be a supernatural child because you will be dead in your body and Sarah dead in her womb. And, you, you know, you will, it will take the miraculous. It'll take the supernatural. It'll take the omnipotence. Amen. Omnipotence will have to reign over your impotence. And and omnipotence will have to reign over her barrenness. And and I'll tell you, we're in a day and hour where omnipotence must again reign. Amen. Where we can say the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Amen. That he's reigning in his supernatural power. Now, again, the church will go through the tribulation and receive life at the white throne judgment. And we'll, but won't go into rapture with the children of the free woman. Remember, the, the children of the bondswoman is not heir with the children of the free woman. Is that right? Amen. So Brother Branham would tell us, he said, you know, denominations, children of the bondswoman won't be heir with the bride. The bride will go into rapture. The other will go through the tribulation. There will be many of them that are given life at the white throne judgment. Now, so you see, God, that's because God is rich in mercy. Somehow or another, people got confused that because the lamb took the book and opened the seals by revelation would reveal it to a prophet that somehow mercy was over. Friend, it's more mercy than you ever imagined. It's more grace than you ever imagined. Amen. Grace would open by the opening of the seven seals would show there's a multitude without number given life there at the white throne judgment and led to living waters and God is caring for those people. He loves them. He wipes away their tears. You know, he is not willing that any should perish. He would say even to Cain, you know, don't you know if you'll do right? Don't you know if you'll come Abel's way? Don't you know if you'll bring a lamb just like he did that you too will be accepted? Now, so, but you see, he saw the perfect will of God and refused to come that way. Are you with me? Now, so do you see that God is a God of mercy, he is a God of grace. In fact, the matter is the rapture itself is one of the greatest outpouring of grace that there ever was. It is grace that will catch us out of this evil age and, and, and we will escape the things that are coming on the earth rather than having to go through them. That is great, abundant grace. 
Amen. Now, there have been many junctions along the road. Brother Branham would talk about five, seven junctions of time. And again, he would preach on five junctions of time. But there, in fact, has been many junctions of time. And we're, we are now at a junction. And I feel it more and more as I'm going on that we're, we're in. I can feel the winds of change. Amen. I, we're in a season or a junction where, where the, the supernatural God is manifesting himself in such a way, bringing us to a junction, a revealing of the omnipotence of God. You know it'll take omnipotence to change your body. You know it will take omnipotence to raise the dead in Christ. You know we are on the verge of the greatest omnipotence that there ever was. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit and the finishing of his work. Do you know that? Amen. This is where we're at. We're at a junction. Now, we're foreordained to these junctions. You see, the very thing that you came to for this tabernacle this morning, the reason you drove all the way up from Texas, the way some of you came all the way up from over from Australia, the others that have driven in here from different other places, some living close by and some, far, you know, far removed. But nevertheless, you are here for a purpose. God foreknew it. He ordered it. Amen. That you could receive the very thing that you came for. You may even not have known the need that you had in your life. You didn't, maybe, cannot even put your finger on it. Maybe you're not even cognizant of it, but God knows that need. And he is the one that has said, you know, that foreknew you're coming. And he said, everything in order. Amen. The only thing we've got to do is receive it. And if I were you in this morning, I would get in the receiving mode. Amen. Where God, whatever you have for me, I I want it all. I want to experience it all. I I want to have it within my life. Amen. Now, you know, again, there's nothing. There is nothing going to take that away from you. It lays right before you. Now, Abraham was in this place of change too. God was setting it all in order by his power with a supernatural visitation of the Almighty. God had promised him a case of divine healing. You know that? Amen. He had told him he would have a child at 75 years of age. That was a promise of divine healing. Is that right? Amen. God has promised us such case of divine healing too. He promised to remove the stain of sin. And the unbelief of the ages offer this bride, even as he promised to heal Sarah of the stain of age. He promises to do it to the extent that we will be a church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. The healing he promises is so complete, the bride will be without a blemish. Amen. Come on, Sarah. Amen. Here she was blemished. Here she was old. Here she was incapable. Here she was unable. But let me tell you, God made it so complete until she was so without blemish, a young king would want her in his harem. Is somebody with me now? Amen. Uh, You see, again, this bride would be without blemish, every wrinkle of false teaching. Oh, my. Every stain of false doctrine. Every stain of confusion. 
confusion of the past. Amen. Until that every wrinkle is gone. Every, are you with me? Every blemish gone. To the extent she's a bride restored. A restored people. A restored bride. Those who died in the ages past. This rest, restoration will be so complete. They will rise. Those of the living will be changed. And all of us translated together. Isn't that a wonderful moment? We are here at a junction of time. And to do this, God must get our hearts to believing. And it must not be just an external change, but an internal change. Amen. You know, we look for the external. Oh, I'll be black-headed again, and I won't have any wrinkles. And, you know, my sagging body will that's been pulled down by gravity back to the earth again. You know, it'll be strong and healthy. There won't be any blemish. But, friends, that's the outside. What about the inside? You see, it must not be just an external change, but an internal change. And that means that people filled with God's ability to believe. Amen. To believe for anything. A people filled with the Holy Ghost. A people empowered. You see, God likes to show his power. Not because he has to, but he loves to do it. It pleases him and his omnipotence to let his subjects know who he is. He loves to let you know, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the God and I change not. Amen. I am your healer. I am your savior. I am your deliverer. I am every God loves to let his people know, amen, that I'm, that he's real. And it prepares our hearts. It makes us ready. It makes us brace up and ready to take a new hold. Amen. Here, Abraham was getting a new hold on things. Amen. Bracing up for something greater to come, greater than what he had ever imagined God doing. Now, the people who don't believe in divine healings and performing of miracles, it's no wonder our churches are dying. Amen. It's no wonder they're withering away into bloodless cults. Amen, because when you really get away from the blood, that's the Holy Ghost. Then you quit seeing miracles. You quit seeing signs and wonders. You quit having the workings of the Holy Spirit. And it just turns us into a bloodless cult. Amen. Now, think about this. No wonder the social gospel is taking over today. Even what's left of religion is because our teachings have taken us away from the phenomenal of God. And God himself is a phenomenon. You see, again, he is the creator. He's Jehovah. He is the great reality. He's the great substance of everything that was because it's all made by him. Now, and he displays his power. He shows his power on every day. Every day when the sun rises because God said, let there be. Every time there's a rainbow is because God said, I'll put it in the heavens. Every time that he does, and when he comes down to us, his subject, and he heals us of our diseases and saves us from our sins. What is that? It's God displaying his power. Amen. But we're at a junction. And I want to talk about where we have come. 
this age changed to a supernatural age. Things began to happen very, very supernaturally when it began in 1906. And it began with the pouring out of God's spirit. And it will end with the pouring out of God's spirit. Now, it wasn't that God didn't pour out his spirit to summon Luther or Wesley, but this was a greater portion. And, And again, God is in this day pouring out, emptying out, finishing the work. You see, Joel 2.28 has to be fully manifested. Acts chapter 2 has to be fully manifested. The day of Pentecost must fully come. And we've come through seven ages. Amen. Since the Passover, we're here in time. Are you with me? We're here right now in the season. It's the junction of the change. It's the junction of the jubilee. It's the junction of the liberation. You see, God would loose things within Sarah's body that had never been loosed before. God would loose something within Abraham that had never been loosed before. And God's about to lose something in this bride like you've never seen before. Amen. Glory to God because you see at a junction like this, he appears and when he appears, he appears in omnipotence. So that you can say, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now, Brother Branham would talk about this in the world falling apart, and he's, let me just share this little quotation. It's an hour that we're living, oh God, the world is falling apart. Have you ever seen such a time where the world has fallen apart? Families are falling apart. Countries are falling apart. Political promises are falling apart. Have we ever seen such a time? There hangs in the hangers bombs. There hangs the things that's to do just exactly. And there again, Russia has already just announced, we, we have your number. You know, with one warhead, we can wipe out the whole East Coast of America. And with another, we will wipe out the second. And we have allowed our politicians until our country has went to sleep. Paying on social programs such as abortion and murdering our kids rather than providing protection for our people. Are you with me? Amen. So you again, again, the, the bombs are in the hangar. You say, Brother Tim, you know, it's a, what about this junction? Well, I'll tell you at this junction, we're just exactly like Noah was in that day. He said there's going to come rain and it'll come from the skies. But we are saying it's coming a fire and it's coming from the heavens. Amen. And this world is going to birth into a new world and a millennium will come and we're right on the cusp of it. Hallelujah. We're at the junction of it. But the church has made herself ready. Is that right? That's the scripture. It's in these moments that God prepares a people. 
Listen, he had to send a message to prepare the hearts of people to turn their faith back to the faith of the fathers. We couldn't go on in Baptist and Methodist and Presbyterian and, and men's ideas. Come on, we've had them for years. He's like, Brother Till, these are Brother Bravin's ideas. These are not Brother Bravin's ideas. We believe the Bible. Serpent seed comes from the Bible. Predestination comes from the Bible. Baptism in Jesus' name comes from the Bible. One God, this is a one God Bible. Come on, somebody. Amen. These are not men's ideas. This is God's idea. It was not Brother Brandon's message. It was God's message. It's the message of Jesus Christ to the Laodicean age. People want to dismiss it. I'll tell you what. If you have problems with the message, you don't have problems with Brother Branham. You have problems with the angel. That angel that stood on the platform by Brother Branham and night after night and service after service discerned the thoughts and intents of heart and was never wrong. Never was there a gift in Pentecost like it. Azusa meeting could never produce it. They never had it. God did it to confirm a message. And it was to prepare a people. What good would it do to come if there's no people prepared? Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, what have these others got to offer you anyway? You know, what, what more, what greater do they have to give you? I see the effects a lot of times of, of what's being offered today. So leave the message and go follow this. Well, look at their children. Look at the offspring. Look at their families. Look at their unbelief. It doesn't give them greater faith. It doesn't produce the miraculous. It don't produce the supernatural power of God that gets a soul down to the altar and surrenders to God. It just simply confuses the mind. Yes. A delusion. The church is ready. She's sealed in, ready to come. There'll be a great, there'll be a big outpouring of the Spirit, yes, sir, to grab the church and take her into the sky. Exactly because the church, the Word, the bride, and Christ is a ministry, is in His bride, which is body, the supernatural body of His here, the spiritual body on earth. His Spirit is in there living His life right out until him and the church becomes one in the wedding and they become one. He takes them just the little minority in this last day. Now we're not talking about that little minority being evening light tabernacle. God's got a bride around the world, but it's still a minority. In fact, the matter is, I just want to convey to you for a moment, you are an endangered species. You are an endangered people. And if God didn't have a rapture plan for you, you would be exterminated. Now, it is that expecting outpouring of the quickening power that brings us to recognize our position and place and our responsibilities as a called people separated from the world and dedicated to God. Now, Another great junction in this age was 
when was made when the angel came to Brother Brown. Now, you know, we can go through a lot of junctions. We can go back, you know, in the thousands of years before us. We can go to Abraham or Noah, Enoch. Each one of them were junctions. They were in the Old Testament. They were prophesying of junctions in the New Testament. We are still in the New Testament. We're under the New Covenant. We're New Testament people. We're walking in New Testament promises. We are fulfillment of the New Testament. Are you with me? Amen. So again, we can go back and we can look and we can say, Luther, that was a junction. And Wesley, that was a junction. Azusa Street, that was a junction. But I'm just talking about the junctions that we've had. You know, maybe sometimes there may not be major junctions as to the world, but they're major to us. You see, another great junction was, was made when, when an angel came to Brother Branham to start the divine healing movement. Now, Brother Branham just, you know, made a claim. Then why was there such an uproar? If he made a claim and nothing happened, you know, anybody can say, I met with an angel. There's still a lot of them. There's would-be prophets today that rise. I'm a prophet. I'm a minor prophet. Everybody come listen to me. You know, again, there's all, all kinds of things that, that are, 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 are there. You know, Brother Branham could, could have just made a claim. Oh, I, I met an angel. But the reason why we know he met an angel was the angel was there. The angel opened the eyes of the blind. It caused the deaf to hear. It caused the cripples to walk. Amen, it discerned the thoughts and intents of the heart. Are you with me? So it was a great junction that would start the divine healing movement because God was displaying his omnipotence. And he let us know in those times that no matter how crippled or twisted or marred, whether you're a boy on a chain, crippled down and mental in your mind, whether you're a hopeless case, whether you've been laying there where you're 40, 40, 50 pounds, like like Florence Nightingale, I forget her last number name, but anyway, Florence, there she she was there laying in the bed and dying, and she had a desperate need, and she flew all the way from South Africa. If I could just get to England to see him, Brother Benson, I can't do anything. Maybe I can just offer a little prayer. I don't have a vision. I don't have a word from God. I don't know what to do. Amen. But as he's praying there, a dove comes and lights down on the window seal and begins to coo. And as it begins to coo, listen, this was done. This was done by in front of men. This was no secret. Amen. And what happened there? The voice of God spoke out of him. The omnipotence was displayed. Amen. It spoke healing over her body. And she returned to a woman 160 pounds because why? Omnipotence spoke. Omnipotence was on display. And God had brought the church to a junction where that you can believe for anything. That you can say nothing is impossible. Another great junction was when seven angels came for the opening of the seven seals. It brought to us an open book. 
We're no longer are we probing as others did in prior ages, trying to pry in here. Matthew Henry pried and tried to look and he guessed about this scripture and that. But we're no longer guessing. We're no longer wondering. Even you say, well, you know, again, Brother Tim, that was Brother Branham and his idea. And he was just plagiarizing and he was just making stuff up. But about that time, the angel came in the room. And you'll not find what he taught in any book. Come on. Amen. They usually have all the seven seals happening over in the tribulation. Amen. Most every one of them do. They don't see it starting back here as that lying spirit impersonating Christ back in the first age. Amen. They see that horse as it begins to ride, and then it rides into the red horse and through with the millions that are killed, 68 million and more, plus that are killed, bloodies its sword and bloodies the rider, bloodies the horse. Then the dark ages, then the pale horse, which is where we are just about to fully morph into. It's at the junction where Satan will do his final ride. And we done had a prophet come along and said, I'll tell you what his name is, is death. And that was not named till the eagle comes. Are you with me? Now, you know, some of that goes over your head maybe, but you know, it ought to, if you just, if I could just get you into the message, you'd understand what I'm preaching about. But you see, this was, was, was the, again, the, the angels of God in the presence of that ball of fire. Amen. Now, angels, not winged theophanies, but angels with wings, which, which signifies symbolically moving. And there are seven angels in the Bible. Somebody help me preach. Seven angels there, there, the seven spirits of God before the throne. But you see, God isn't seven people. And he's really not seven spirits. But it's one spirit in seven different manifestations down through the ages. Are you with me? And here in that room, night after night, the angel of God revealing a portion of the book. To we are no longer in this junction of time. We are no longer guessing at the contents. We are not a church that is built like the Church of Christ on Alexander's guesses. Alexander Campbell. His guesses. Or Martin Luther's guesses. Or Wesley's guesses. A man of Presbyterian or Catholic or whatever, their guesses. We're no longer guessing. A man, it's we have thus saith the Lord. Why? Because the supernatural was displayed. Omnipotent spoke. Hallelujah. Omnipotent spoke. And when omnipotent spoke, it got rid of all the other questions about it. We have the answer to the devil's question. 
He has been totally exposed from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. The man of sin has been revealed. And we see him today at work. Another great junction was when God took his prophet home. Well, Brother Tim, I don't like to talk about that one. Well, it had to happen. Just as Jesus said, I must go away. If Jesus had not went away, he said, the comforter can't come. If I don't leave you, I can't send the Holy Ghost, the spirit that's in me to come dwell in you. It's just that simple. And if God had not taken Brother Branham, you know, where where would we have been for the last 56 years? Following him around from meeting to meeting, there wouldn't be an evening light tabernacle. There wouldn't be a mission work in Japan. There wouldn't be works in Africa. Come on. Amen. But God had a plan. The devil couldn't take him. You, you know, we look at sometimes that death is a very difficult and hard thing. It is on our side. And we look at Brother Branham, you know, even going by the way of a car wreck and, and dying. Why did he have to die like that? God don't really care how we die. Some died by fire. Some died by stripes. Some died by imprisonment. Some died by starvation. Some died by... Look at the Bible. God really doesn't, he's not concerned about how you exit here. He's concerned about your entrance there. Well, what about your wife, Brother Tim, when, when she died? Why did, why did she have to die that way? You know, well, why did God do it? God didn't do that. God was there to receive her. Amen. He was there to take her out of the pest house. To heal her complete. To bring a real deliverance. God rescued her. My wife has been rescued. And the old ship of Zion come to her. Took her on the other side. And she lives. She's not dead. She lives. And that was Brother Branham. John the Baptist got his head cut off. At a woman's dance. Horrible thing. Why? Why would God let that happen to the greatest prophet who would introduce the Messiah? He had to decrease so Jesus could increase. Look, even over Acts 19, way over now, many years past, here's still followers of John. They ain't even been baptized. They don't even know about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has come. They don't even know it happened. They've been so caught up being followers of John. You know why? They had made a personality cult out of it. And they failed to see who he pointed to. And I want you to understand, you know, it had to happen. It had to come to this. This junction had to take place. God had to take his prophet off the scene. Why? So the spirit of God, not Brother Brandon's spirit, the spirit of God could be poured out upon a multi-membered body. Amen. Amen. Because there were more 
voices of God to speak. God had to speak through you, through me, to the life of young people. To the old, to whoever, God, he speaks. We didn't want him to go. We clung to him. We walked around in confusion for, for a number of years. You know, why did God do this? What's happening now? And, and why all of that? And, you know, and, and we, we didn't know even what to do. We had no churches to go to. We had no, nothing to be, to, all we could do is, is try to hear everything that was said. Absorb it. Eat it. We become like this junction, you know, there um, to when, when Moses died in Joshua chapter one and two, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go on over this Jordan and all this people under the land which I give them, even to the children of Israel. So you see, God, God's word was them to, to Joshua, go on over into Jordan. Go, uh, the inheritance is yours. Moses brought you to it. He pointed you to it. Now go take the book and eat it. Go digest what is there. And the land is ours. Go take it. Joshua chapter one and verse five. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. I just want to say to you, where, I, where we're standing, God's promise is no devil, no demon, no evil spirit, no sickness, no problem. Come on now, is able to stand for you before you all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong. Oh, hear the word of the Lord at this junction. Be strong. It's not a time to be weak, second guessing, losing your position. Forgetting what God has revealed. It's a time, look, be strong, be of good courage. Amen. For under this people, they shall divide for an inheritance the land that I swear on their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Here again, he brings it around again, admonishing you, be strong. How are you going to be strong? How is Abraham going to do this? How is he going to produce a child? His body is dead. Sarah's body is dead. Come on, somebody. How is he going to do this? He can't do it. But he said, be strong and courageous. Why are we going to be strong? By judging God faithful who made the promise. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know, but we've got to get out of this mess that we're in. The world is getting darker and darker, and Sodom is closing in everywhere. Is somebody with me right now? Amen. So we've got to do it. We must be strong and, and be of good courage. Remember, those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Be courageous. Don't back down off of a promise. Don't give up. Don't surrender to the devil. Don't let your children go. Come on. Don't let your, your wife, your husband, don't let nothing go. Hold on to every promise.
courageous. I will not fail thee. Amen. I nor forsake thee. Oh, what a promise that is. Amen. Be strong and very courageous. Let's look down. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So don't turn one this side or that side. Stay right there with the message. Stay centered on Calvary. You you say, Brother Tim, you're following the message. I am following Christ. He is the message. That was his message, his voice, his word. And he would vindicate it every time. Remember, Revelation says, that our, our revelation of deity to the last ages, I am the amen. I'm the final say. And God, what would he do? Service after service after service would come down and give an amen. Amen. It's the word present. Discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. And I want to give you a warning right now. Don't you speak any other thing. Don't speak negatively. Don't confess the wrong things. The word must not depart out of your mouth. You must keep confessing. If you're sick, you must confess, I am healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. Amen. He's the Lord God that healeth all thy diseases. Nothing will stand before our prayers, not even cancer. The the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual fervent. Now, you must meditate in it day and night. Oh, come on, young people. Look at the distractions today. And it's not just young people, it's middle-aged people. You, 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 you got marriage problems because men are just slaves to these video games. And they're in a virtual world or an imaginary world. They're living in demonic dimensions where they kill other people. Where they're murdering and raping and ravishing and and every other kind of thing. And tell me, tell me what bit of good does it do? You know, we had a kid come to youth camp here that while back and he was a friend with other kids at youth camp and he wasn't a believer. He just showed up because the other kids was coming to this Christian camp so he wanted to go too. And you know, his claim to fame was I'm number three in the world for a certain game. Number three. And I looked at him and I said, whoop de doo So what? Did that earn you a job? Does that put food on your table? Does that communicate with a wife or a friend? Does that do anything for Christ? Does it add or contribute anything to the family? So what good is it? 
is a waste of your time. It is something to trap you in another dimension where your mind is filled with violence, hate, every other kind of evil thing. I know what I'm talking about. I was born at night, Daniel Williams said, but it wasn't last night. So what is it? When you stand before God and you give an account to him, how ashamed are you going to be when it's all played back? This is my life. This is my world. There's no prayer life. There's no word listened to. There's no soul edified. You're not edified and it's turned around to nervous, hateful people that after feeding on those things go out and become mass murderers. Oh, I'd never do that. You never know what it happens when that spirit takes you. Amen. You know, it's time for you to be a husband, a daddy. Amen. It's time for you to be a, a, a man or a woman, a mother. Don't get locked up in all these other things and so caught up with social media. Looking and lusting after what everybody else has that you don't have and you don't get to do. Amen. Amen. They may have whatever they have, but you got Jesus. Amen. Amen. You got a roof up above you. You got good food to eat. You got shoes on your feet. You got food on your table. You're blessed. Quit looking at what you don't have and look around what you do have. You got a church. You got a body of believers. You got preachers that preach the word. You got the you got the power of the Holy Ghost that cleanses from sin. You have divine healing. You have every need. You don't need that. Meditate in this word day and night. That they might and observe. Do it so you can learn to do everything according to what's written in there. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee be strong and of good courage and be not afraid and be not dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, I think that, that has been so applicable to these years that we have had since Brother Branham is gone. Now, think of it. God sent us a prophet from 1909 to 1965. He was with us 56 years. I love it. I, I, I think about young men back in the day. Young men like Brother Earl Williams, who Brother Branham would say, now, you know, they got this this rally for the youth people, youth, youth, and make sure you, you get your young people to this youth rally. And, and I want to see my daughter there. And I want to see her filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he comes up to Brother Branham's memorial service and he, he writes some things on a lunch sack and he writes and, and he talks about Brother Branham and his ministry and what it meant to him. And, and he says, you know, some, he, he, he did not, he wasn't like others that left us a big cathedral or he left us a big organization or left us Bible schools. But he said he left us a message. 
Amen. And that's what God did. He left us a message. Yes. By sending a prophet in this day. We got a message from God. You say, well, Brother Tim, I don't know. Well, I tell you, I, I don't know if he was Elijah. Well, then you got a problem. Because Elijah must first come. You got a problem because before the world burns, Elijah's got to come. So where's your Elijah? I know when the little black lady, when she was praying that day for her son and he was dying and man, she was just a, you would have thought of nobody down in Memphis and forgotten in a forgotten neighborhood and impoverished little lady there down there, but a saint of God. God never forgets us. He knows where we are. He doesn't care about our, our ethnicity, our race, or our ideas, our culture, our way. God comes right down. Amen. Right down to the humblest of heart. That begins to call on him. And she said, Lord, I know who I am. I'm that Sunamite woman. You gave me a child uh, when I was barren. And you gave me a child and I tried to raise him for you. And he's died, Lord, and he's lost. Oh, God, I'm the Sunamite woman, but where's your Elijah? Right. He didn't send Billy Graham. He didn't send all Roberts. Hallelujah. Amen. But he sent Elijah to her. She asked for Elijah, and Elijah came walking down her street. Hallelujah. That's what happens when a saint begins to pray. Amen. And God begins to move. You know what happened? Brother Bannon said that woman's prayer caused a storm in the heavens that caused that plane to have to come down in Memphis and be grounded. A woman's prayer caused a plane to be delayed because it had not a Jonah on board, but an Elijah on board. And a child of God had asked for Elijah, and here come Elijah walking down her street, found her house. Come on now. You can't make this stuff up. It happened. And it happened over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah, where God came by our way, the supernatural being displayed. God left us a message. And now from 65 to now, we've had 56 years of teaching and absorbing the message. We've also had 56 years where cults and clans were made and personality cults raised up going to try to be the next great one to lead the bride home. But nevertheless, we've had 56 years now of teachings, absorbing the message. We started out with just a handful. We were, conf- we, 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 there's many things we misunderstood. We, we, we didn't have much of it there and we had, to, we, we had to borrow and beg and get and print and, and share and everything else. And, you know, we spent money. Listen, I was, I was a poor boy. There was times I didn't have a vehicle to ride in. Me and my wife was afoot. 
And yet I wanted a tape player that I could hear the prophet's message on. My son would cost me $500, 300 to the hospital, 200 to the doctor. He'd been worth every penny of it. $377 to buy a tape player, but I had to have it. I sacrificed, we pinched pennies, we did everything to get it. We labored in it. Amen, whatever, whatever that was taught, we wanted to know what God said to this age. And we've absorbed it. Yes. Amen. We, we've absorbed it. We, we, have, we have taken it and we've ate the book. Amen. We consumed it. Amen. There's some things that made our belly bitter. Yes. Some things we wanted to spit out. But somehow or another we've kept it down. Hallelujah. Amen. But remember, the reason for eating is more than just say, well, I've consumed it. I've listened to so many tapes and I've read so many books. And, you know, of course, I can say by God's grace, I've listened to every sermon of Brother Branham's many times, multi-times over, read my Bible, laid in the presence of God, absorbed it all every way that I could. I've sat at other ministers' feet. I've listened to them preach. Amen. I've learned from, learned from, and took, took, took nuggets from Harold Hildebrandt and Ed Biscoll and Donnie Reagan and Daniel Williams and I don't know how many others. The man that is standing in this pulpit today is made up of many, many different men who contributed to my life. Yet I never sat under any preacher. But let me just say this, let me, let me just say this, you know, we have absorbed the message, we have digested the message, we have been preaching the message. Yes. But now, a lot of our great men are now gone, That's right. are going. Right. I just preached Brother Harold Hildebrandt's memorial service. I just spoke at Brother Ed Biscoe's 50th anniversary for the church there. We've had our 50th. Brother Biscoe, a man who's taken the message 169 times to overseas lands. Some of those represent six weeks at a time. But now it's over. It's been two and a half years since he's actively ministered. That season is over. If it isn't, it's about over. You know, others of our elders are are retiring because of health or, or whatever, moving out of the ministry. And I just want to say today, I believe we're at another junction. Amen. A junction is where a change comes. We're at a, we're at a particular place where, where there is a change that we've had, as I said, we have absorbed the message. We have digested it. We, we've chewed on it. We've, we've looked at it in every kind of way. And, and, but however, every dispensation comes to its end. You see, and we hit a junction. And there have been junctions on the highway just as you come. You had to make this turn or that turn to come here. You see, it was a junction. There are junctions on the road that we travel. And there's junctions on this grand old highway that we travel to glory. And as always, it takes the miraculous to speak of the omnipotence. 
You see, omnipotence is all power, and it takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotence. We can say all power lays in the word. All power lays in the truth. All power is in the message. But it takes the supernatural, the miraculous, to vindicate the omnipotence. And it's only the miraculous that can do that. Teaching the word is a very fine thing. And we've had great teachings and a whole cycle of teachings. Teachings of the word are fine things. We've had that for the past 56 years. Teachers rising up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. And I just say, you know, we should be a people of faith by now. If faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, we ought to be a people chock full of faith. But alas, if many have turned the message into unbelief, to a powerless religion whose only weapon is argument, gone is the power of God. Gone is the gifts of the spirit that was restored. So much for restoration. You see, there's not a sign of them. Gone is the shout of the king. Gone is the joy of the Holy Ghost. And the church has settled down to religion with slave mentality. Amen. The mentality of a boneswoman and a little wild donkey of a people who won't be subject to the word. Amen. Now you preach the word, you preach holiness, and they just gob on the paint all the more. You preach there how that our women should be, and the next thing you know, their fingers are full of navy bean hulls, and their toenails the same. Amen. You, 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 you speak about modesty, and the next thing you know, instead of a little modest necklace or something right there, they're loaded down, look like they walked through a 10 cent store with a magnet on. Amen, it isn't long until our boys begin to look like sissies and our girls take on masculine spirits. And our girls are pushed out into into school and learning and whatever else while our boys are sitting there playing with their games. Hope you didn't bring rotten eggs this morning because I just made myself a target. Amen. But I, I just want you, I want you to know it takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotence. That the omnipotence still lives and reigns. We must have the miraculous. Amen. I believe as Brother Branham, even as Brother Branham did, that the church is on the threshold of the greatest vindication of omnipotence that the world has ever known. We're right here on the threshold of it. Amen. We're right here at the junction of it. And here in this junction, we are seeing the display of his omnipotence. Our voice must say, the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. It is at this junction that God shows his omnipotence. I then showed you how in the world could we ever have the dead in Christ raised? How can our bodies be changed unless the Lord God reigns in omnipotence? He'll reign over our mortal bodies. Amen. It's in this junction that God shows his omnipotence. We're looking over the face of people today. Here's a woman here that was dying with cancer. Amen. Wasn't nothing but a shadow of a woman. And she wasn't far from the point of going over. But she sits this morning healthy and well and rosy cheeks. Why? Because God has displayed his omnipotence. 
Are you with me? That's not the only one. We can go right down the line, time upon time, where we've seen the Holy Spirit move. Are you with me? Amen. Men and women are right here from families of alcoholics. You know if you don't went the way your brothers did or your siblings did. You know if you don't went the way your parents did, you'd be an alcoholic or while I drunk. You know you wouldn't have nothing. Look around. Look at the difference between you and your sibling that didn't choose Jesus. Look what happened. Look at their lives. Look at the divorces. Look at the illegitimate children without a daddy because he's an alcoholic. Look at all the problems. Look at what it caused. But you see, omnipotence spoke. Amen. Took you out of the world. Saved you from a life of sin. Filled you with the Holy Ghost. Took the desire of the world out of you. Hallelujah. Amen. You had to break with everything, with culture, with friends, with family, whatever. But you were called out for a purpose. You were called out for a reason. And that was to be a voice to his omnipotence. God reigned. He reigned over the problems in my family. He reigned over the sickness. He reigned over diseases. He reigned over sin. Others are children of adulterers and sinners. They are transformed by the power of of omnipotence. Think of it. Look where we can look at these junctions like Enoch, the seventh from Adam, and here we are, the seventh age from the second Adam. He walked with God blameless. And at the same time that evil was appearing, angels appeared on the earth. Angelic beings moved into men. Think of that very beautiful type of today that evil is appearing and so is good appearing. Look, we have never seen quite a time just like this because why? Actually, innumerable, innumerable numbers of spirits have been released. The Bible gives it a number of 200, uh, 200 million, but actually the meaning is innumerable. It is the same thing of Hebrews 11 that you find in Hebrews 11 as you do over in the book of Revelation of the, 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 the 200,000 thousand. It just means innumerable. Nobody counted them. They just was without number. Hebrews said, and I saw, he said, we've come to New Jerusalem to innumerable company of angels. It's the same word. It's not a certain number. There's millions of them. Millions of them. And they have been released. And the Bible shows you symbolically from Euphrates, which represents a line that they could not cross. On the other side was Eden. Amen. And they were looking for Eden. Amen. And when they couldn't get into Eden, they were bound there. And when they couldn't bring an Eden back on earth, Somebody with me? They turn around and kill those that Eden is for. Now hold on my thought just for a minute. Go to Revelation 9 and verse 1. We're just going to deal with this for just a little while. Because the fifth angel sounded. 
And I saw a star fall from heaven. I want you to notice this. He did not descend. There is a difference between a fall and a descending. The Lord Jesus descends from heaven with a shout. This angel, the star, this star fell from heaven to the earth. Notice. And to him was given the key or the permission to open the bottomless pit. Now, and he opened the bottomless pit. Now, he is an angel or a star that fall, a fallen star. One that didn't keep his his first estate. I want you to be careful in this age. Because there are many that are not keeping their first estate. Remember, just as there's a Peter, James, and John, there is a Judas. Brother Timmy, you calling me a Judas? I'm saying, do not leave your first estate. Stay with the word. The only difference right now between you and Judas is this, is that you don't have to remain a Judas. You still have an opportunity to turn around. And become real. You don't have to go along impersonating the rest of your life. You can be real. Fifth angel sounded, I saw a star from heaven fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit. As the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. Now, the book of Revelation is a book of symbols. So these are, this this is not to be thought of literally. This is to be thought of symbolically. So you see in the symbolism, he opens the bottomless pit. Now remember, a bottomless pit is where there's no foundation. And you just tumble over and over and over and over. This is the state of ever lost person. Amen. They're just falling, falling. You think, you think, oh, they're, they'll, yeah. a, lot, a lot of times people will think they'll walk away from Jesus and I'll just be a good person. You won't. You will start falling. And one thing will lead to another and you'll just tumble over and over and again. And he said, I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth, and to him was given the key. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit. Yes. So out of this pit comes a smoke. Yes. Now, a smoke is a, is a blinding. Yes. You can kill people with smoke. Yes. A lot of times it isn't the fire that ever gets to them that makes their death. It's the smoke. It deprives them of their oxygen. And the smoke, when smoke gets into the house, what happens? It gets into every fabric. Your house catches on fire. It isn't just, oh, well, we'll repair the walls and whatever. Your furniture smells like smoke. Your, your curtain are smoky. Your, your, the walls that wouldn't burn are all have soot. Everything's a mess. It's, everything's contaminated. Is somebody hearing me preach? Amen. So he opens the bottomless pit and smoke comes out. It's a blinding delusion. 
don't you understand? This is why even our president would come out and say, fake news. Because why? There's a spirit of delusion. Nobody knows what is the truth. You know, somebody sent me a, an article the other day and, you know, every person that gets this shot, they all have, are having symptoms of myocardia my and they're dying and they're going to die and, and all this. How do I know that's right or wrong? How do you know whether it's right or wrong? One said, well, there's nothing to it. Another said, there is something to it. And they we're all divided. So, you know, again, you know, it's a, it's a strong delusion. There's confusion everywhere. People don't know what to believe. And the devil will do everything to bring a delusion. To take you off course. Amen. And the Bible said the son, that's Christ, the word, and the air atmosphere is darkened by the reason of the smoke out of hell. So it blocks out the light of the word. It blocks out the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 It permeates every crack and crevice of humanity. We are here at this junction. We're here right where fire is, is about to fall. I want you to turn with me as we hold our thought here to this Revelation 9 and 1 and 2 and go to 2 Thessalonians 2 and 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. Have you ever seen such a time where truth is blocked? I'm going to get into it in just a moment. But, you know, if you, truth now is judged on whether you are favorable to what's said. Social media has its way of blocking what it doesn't want said. You know, even the fact finders there, they are biased in their fact finding. To where you can't even believe their fact finding. Are you with me? It's all with with deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish. Look exactly what we have had now. Nearly 2,000 years of twisting the gospel. Twisting the message. Amen. Until it's deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth. Here's the thing. If you're going to do anything, seek the love of the truth. I don't mean the love to be right. I'm talking about the love of truth. God is truth. And when you get the love of God in you, then it doesn't matter what everybody else has said. You give the word of God preeminence. All deceivableness of unrighteousness in them to perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be delivered, saved. And for this cause... And for this reason, because they did not truly seek Christ, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That is the whole premise of what is going on in the world today. 
to get you to believe a lie. Mr. Biden don't want to take credit for the inflation and the price at the pump. He said, Putin did that. He wants you to believe the lie. He wants to point away from the truth. He even will take the things that are obvious to get you to believe a lie. Lying is coming in every form. Here the other day in our courts in, the, in California, they decided that a bumblebee was a fish. That's right. That just happened in the news. A bumblebee is now a fish because he is going to be protected under a certain law for our environmental reasoning. And so we just change, we just change a bumblebee into a fish. So when you go out and you see the bumblebees flying around, you can try to eat a fish. That's a fish. Amen. Insanity doesn't stop anywhere. In New York, the high court is, is receiving to make a decision on whether an elephant is a human. That is in the Supreme Court and you, in New York. The case is up before them right now. I'm not making this up. But, you know, whether, and they're going to decide whether, I mean, they can do it. They can decide whether a man is a, is a female or a male. People can decide now. A kid can go to school and, and, and require a litter, a litter box because he identifies or she identifies as a cat. And you better not tell it. You better not tell it you're not a cat. Get up and sit down and quit meowing. You're a human. You see, it's a strong delusion. It's a spirit of insanity. And it's Satan's mind that is being pressed into the world. The spirits come that have been released and given permission to come into this age. And our kids are coming up against it. Our, young, our youth, our, our parents, everybody, every, every part of it. Listen, they shall receive a strong delusion and believe a lie. It is a lie to say that a boy is a girl. It is a lie to say a girl is a boy. Well, they identify. They, you can't identify. You, you, well, we're not identifying a, a bumblebee as a fish and an elephant as a human. It is a bottomless pit and a strong delusion and the mind of Satan coming down. Oh, my goodness, church, don't you realize how important it is that you have the mind of Christ in this day and hour that the supernatural one is revealing itself to you? Amen. Look at this, that they might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Those who have pleasure in unrighteousness are taken on the spirit of insanity. And verse 3 of Revelation 9, there came out of that delusion spirits, locusts, 
upon the earth. And to them was given power. As the scorpions of the earth have power. And it commanded, it was commanded them they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree. So you see, it's not trees, it's not, it's not green things, watch what it is. But only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. So you can see it's demons, and he said they're going to attack men, not green things. Men. And these men are men who don't have the seal of God in their forehead. You see, to reject the mind of God, the Holy Ghost, is to take the mark of the beast. And here he comes now, and, and here he comes to afflict those who does not have the seal. This is why. Children without the seal, you're going to be cutting yourself, suicide spirits, pornography, slave to video games and every other thing. Why? Why? Because you didn't get the seal of God. Only the seal of God is going to protect you in this hour. It's the spirit of insanity. And we're getting worse. And the Bible said it was given to them that they should not kill them but should torment them for five months. And, and the torment was the torment of a scorpion as when he's striking a man. So he said, it's not something that really kills you. It's something that torments you. And in those days, men shall seek death and shall not find it, shall desire to die, and death shall flee from it. You say, Brother Tim, this is tribulation stuff. Listen, we are in pre-tribulation times. Already the smoke is already filtering into homes, into churches, into the fabric of humanity. Look, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. Let no man deceive you for any, by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a fallen away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So we now know the son of perdition is to be revealed. He opposes and exalts himself all, above all that is called, called God, or that is worship, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Look what happens now. There is no giving God preeminence. It is opposing and exalting oneself over all that is called God and worshiping self. And there has never been a day like Laodicea of people's rights where where that sin is exalted and people's rights, the rights to do anything wrong. Listen, they're not satisfied with millions of abortions. They want to be able to still abort kids after they're born. That's right. That's it, bro. They're talking about one month, then three months, and then three years, up to three years. Why? Because self is being glorified. More about me, my body, my rights, myself. 
the mystery of iniquity, the spirit of lawlessness. We are in the days in this junction of a spirit of lawlessness has been released. Where sin is glorified, where convicts and, and murderers and bad people are exalted while our, our police is defunded, where, our, where, where protection is taken away from, from good people and protection is given to bad people, and instead of incarcerating and putting them in jail and keeping them there and keeping the rest of the populace safe, let them all go. Where do you get all this insanity? Yet it's filled in the highest of our officials. In the greatest areas of learning. They made a plan years ago. Years ago. We're going to, we're going to raise up. We are not just coming out of the closet. We're going to raise up. We will be the teachers in the school. We will be the principals. We will be there on the school board. We will force our agenda in the colleges. We will change the minds of generations. The smoke is going everywhere. And if you ain't careful, Christians smell like it. Christians get blinded by it. And homes where things were not once tolerated get blind to it. And churches and pastors are blinded by it. The mystery of iniquity, the spirit of lawlessness doth already work. Only he who letteth will let in him till he be taken away. You know, Brother Bradham explained that scripture and he said, he, and he said uh, until he, the Holy Spirit, is taken away. And he, said, and he said, it's the Holy Spirit in the bride. So let me tell you, when the bride leaves from here, we just sang the song, on sea and land he stands. A book is in his hands. Well, you, you know, we, we had the picture of the sign in the heavens of the cloud. Some people don't want to identify with that, but it was a sign that Christ was coming. Amen. There was a lot of, been a lot of confusion about it, but let me just tell you, it was a sign that they still cannot explain. That they have no explanation, no scientific explanation for whatsoever. But it was formed in the heavens to show that Christ was here. He was coming in word form to a prophet. And just before that Brother Branham goes for the opening of the seals, there, this sign is shown in the heavens to show us. You said, Brother Tim, it was done by rocket. Listen, they cannot, they, they, they are not able after all of their trying, they cannot, they cannot, they do not have any explanation. Even after 50 years and the books are now open and the mysteries are all supposed to be released of all their secrets, they still have no answer. But I say if it even was a man-made event, If it was caused by a rocket, tell me what other age than this supernatural age 
could ever do this. Could they have done it a hundred years ago? We're the same mind. We're the same man. We're the same people. Do you know you are living in a supernatural age? Things that are beyond natural capabilities. No other age you are speaking a language none of them would understand. You are doing things that other ages, if they even dreamed about it, was just a... It was just a laughing joke. It was a funny papers. Come on. Amen. We are living in a very supernatural time. But what I'm trying to say, on land and seas, why, why didn't we just see the head in the heavens? Why didn't it show, why didn't it just show the whole body? Because his body's on earth. He, Christ, is in the heavens, but he's got a body on earth. And on sea and land he stands. A book is in his hand. Do you know there are two beasts, a beast of Rome that comes out of the sea, multitudes and kindreds and tongues and people, and another out of the land where America come from. And God has by this message put your foot Is somebody with me right now? Your foot right now is on the beast of the sea. Rome, her trinity doctrines, her worship of saints, her worship of Mary. And God put your feet on the top of that beast. That beast that killed millions of your brothers. That beast that distorted truth for oh, how many ages. But you got your foot on it. A message did that. Amen. Christ did that. Amen. An anointing did that. The supernatural did that. The omnipotence of God did that. And out of here is an American spirit. Hollywood. And God has put your foot on Hollywood. And their movies. And the voice of sin. And the evil. And you got your feet on both of them. They are. Listen. If that is under your feet, every devil is under your feet. If that's under your feet, cancer is under your feet. If that's under your feet, sin of all kinds is under your feet. If that's under your feet, hallelujah. You realize what we're talking about? God, display in the omnipotence. Thank you, Brother Johnny. I'm going to. Got a little bit further to go. We're at a junction. Now, the mystery or the spirit of lawlessness does already work. And he who now letteth will let until she, Brother Bradham said, is taken out of the way because that's where he is, is in bride form. That's right. That's right. Amen. So when these feet yes. are lifted up, then them beasts rise into power. Yes. That's right. So you ain't seen nothing yet. That's right. 
as to what's coming. You think things are bad now? Just wait till the bride leaves and Satan is cast down. Remember, it was Abraham's voice of intercession that was holding the wrath of God back. Is that right? Amen. It was, it was Abraham pleading, Lord. Now look, look. You see the spirit of Abraham. The spirit is, isn't, of Abraham isn't, let them all die, God. All of them, everyone in Sodom, they deserve them dying. A lot, he left my church. He walked off from me. He left there. Let them all die, God. I want to see them in hell. Abraham said, if there's 50, if, see the spirit of Christ? If there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10. He bargained with God. Hold it off. Do you know as he bargained, he was holding back those angels? That's right. Now, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Now he that letteth will let till he be taken away. As the Holy Spirit lifts from the earth, the bride goes with him. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, because he's coming back in Revelation 19 with his saints. But let me just tell you, while we're here, Brother Brandon said the souls that are in prison. Let me tell you something, sister. Just a minute. You might be old-fashioned, but you got something these sex queens hasn't got. You got something she can never have. You might, you might be old-fashioned in your dressing. Dress up like a lady. They say, look at that old holy roller. Don't you worry. She's got something, that old sex queen, that's got all the world looking at her out there. She hasn't got. She can never have it. She is lost eternally. She's doomed. You got morals. You got virtues. She's got nothing. She's got a bait that traps the lost souls into hell. The blind walks into it. And now you've got something. He's actually quoting Proverbs. You know, you might not even be on a church book. You, but it might be your righteous life that is holding the wrath of God from the world today. The world don't believe it. You know, you woman that's called Holy Roller, you little man that don't hardly know anything, but you cry to God day and night for the sins of the country. You might be the one holding off the wrath. If I can find 10, I'll spare it. If I can find 10, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be. You see what I mean? Don't you realize it's you that's holding it back. Amen. But when the bride is raptured out of here, all hell will break loose. And we're already seeing it press in. Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you that dwell in him. That's the bride. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you. Heaven but having great wrath because he knoweth he hath but a short time. Three and a half years. This is what happened in Uvalde, Texas. A kid gave voice to the mystery of iniquity. You think laws kept him out of of there? Did laws prevent him from getting a gun? Did laws do anything? 
You know, first thing he do, he does, shoots his grandma and then goes on a rampage. Yes. The spirit of lawlessness. What happened in Minneapolis with George Floyd? The mystery of iniquity is now being revealed. The mind of Satan. Amen. 25 Americans, you know, killed during the riots and looting. And guess who was glorified? Guess who was vilified? The law. Amen. I mean, you know, a man convicted of eight crimes, stopped by police, charged 19 times during his adult life, in the act of doing another, passing a counterfeit bill, resisting arrest with drugs in his body. Guess who was glorified? Guess who was defunded? You know why? Because sin has a voice. And at Sodom, it screams louder than the righteous. You see, the righteous lot was trying to reason with, but they were screaming louder than he was. And yes, we have righteous people in America. Sometimes a good politician once in a while, it ain't bought off. But you know who, whatever. As I say about Louisiana, we got the best politicians money can buy. But nevertheless, you know, you, you, you know, again, you know, there, those righteous, those that are righteous, there's got a smidgen of righteousness left. Right. Right. You know, the, the voice of sin and the voice of Sodom is louder than any righteous voice. The spirit of lawlessness is rampant in our nation. It's a force behind the legislation that seeks to banish God from our society. You know, I don't know if you saw the new quarters that are there, but you know, it used to be George Washington looking toward the phrase, in God we trust. They've, uh, they've, they've uh, taken that and turned it around yes. this year. Now he's looking away. His back is on God. Yes. No longer does he trust in God. No. It is a sign to America. Yes. We don't trust in no God anymore. Now, Satan is using... You know, like in the days of Lot, the voice of Sodom drowning out the voice of righteous Lot, keeping them from having a voice. You don't have a voice. Amen. You know, and, and the voice is, the voice screams out back to you every time that you try to rebuke sin. You have no right to judge us. You have no right to judge us. We do have a right to judge. Amen. I said we do have a right to judge. We're to judge between right and wrong. Of course we don't send sinners condemn somebody to hell. We can't do that. Nobody can. But we do have a right to judge evil and call sin, sin, and wrong, wrong, and right, right. Amen. You, you parents have got a right to judge in your home when you go into your kids there and, and there there's every kind of black and evil and every kind of picture of evil and all kinds of things. You have a right as a parent to go in that room and say, we are not having this trash in our house. We do not worship rock and roll. We don't worship the devil and we're not going to have a sign of him here. You see, Satan's using the same lie on the, on the believers today, day after day, convincing masses of believers that you can sin 
without paying any penalty. Demonic scheme to, per, to, per, uh, to pervert the gospel of grace. Let me tell you, friends, when you get the Holy Ghost, it changes your desire. You no longer willingly sin, willfully sin. You know, at first, you know, people will just wink at it, you know, but it's a strong delusion. And then they'll actually begin to actively seek out a message of what I call greasy grace or easy grace. Are you with me? Amen. Oh, it's the grace of God. It's his favor. God loves us. God don't care. God don't care. God cares. He's a righteous God. Amen. He's a righteous judge. But you see, they'll invent a grace that is far beyond what God ever intended. God now, his grace never leads us. It gives us a license to sin, but the grace of God always leads to repentance. That's what grace does. It doesn't cover your sin. It leads you to repentance of sin so the blood of Jesus can annihilate it. Let me just, as we're trying to close, but did you know that Brother Ron Spencer was contacted by his insurer the other day? An insurance agency and an insurance company their church has had for over 30 years. And and I'm just going to say it like this. He told him he could not use his insurer. His agent said, you cannot use the word, the H word in your pulpit anymore. Or you'll lose your insurance. He can use Sodom and Gomorrah, but not the H word. Why? It's the time where the voice of iniquity and the man of sin is being manifested. It's where the man of sin, the spirit of lawlessness, is now what's being put out there. Did you know another of our pastors was censored the other day and his service that was being streamed on social media was cut off because he said from the pulpit the H word? Do you know that with our Supreme Court justices, with their, with their homes being picketed and riots, it's just like Sodom who demanded the angels who appeared as men to have sex with them and they refused virgin girls that was offered to them. You see, they're giving voice to the man of sin. They're giving voice to Sodom. Do you know when a Supreme Court nominee cannot define a woman? I'm not a biologist. I can't define a woman. She has given voice to Sodom in the highest court of our land. Do you know when boys dress effeminate and girls masculine, they are giving voice to Sodom? Amen. Do you know they're doing it with their hairdos and with their dress? It is a voice. It is more than something cute. It is a voice of Sodom. Do you know when the Holy Ghost, the token comes upon your life, it'll make a girl feminine and a man masculine? The Holy Ghost will do that? Do you know this is the most important time ever to be given voice to righteousness? At 
this junction, we dare not give Sodom a voice. We must give voice to the Holy Ghost, to righteousness. Revelation 9 and 7. And the shapes of these locusts were like horses prepared to battle. And uh, listen, it's a war. There's a war. There's a battle. There's a, there's a battle. There's a fight for our young people. There's a fight for our homes. Yeah, there's a fight for our churches. There's a fight for, for this pulpit. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a voice that must come out. And it must be the voice of God we are giving vent to. We cannot give vent to Sodom. Or else we're part of the bottomless pit. The shapes of the locusts were likened to horses prepared unto battle. And the heads were like crowns of gold. And their faces like the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were teeth of lions. And when our boys wear, our hair, wear their hair like women, and our, and our girls dare cut them off like men, what kind of spirit are you giving voice to? And they had breastplates, as breastplates of iron. Oh, they got a defense. And they got sound of their wings as a sound of chariots and many horses, powers, running to battle. This ain't one demon. These are millions of devils. And they had tails like scorpions. And there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them. You see, all of these spirits are ruled by the devil. And if you give vent to that and voice to it, you too are ruled by the devil. You become one of his army. But I want to say we are of a different army. Hallelujah. Look, they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew is Abaddon. But in the Greek term, it's Apollyon. One woe is past. Behold, there's two more woes here hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice of, from four horns of the golden altar, which is from before God, saying to the six angels which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed and were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year to slay the third part of men. And the number of the horsemen, the army of the horsemen were this innumerable number, 200,000,000. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and jacinths and brimstone. And, and, and all of these are elements of the bottomless pit. Brimstone breastplates of fire out of their mouth issued fire smoke and brimstone and three by these three were the third part of men killed by the fire by the smoke by the brimstone which issued out of their mouth and for their power is in their mouth and in their tails for their tails were likened to serpents which had heads and with them they do hurt there wasn't natural horses notice these are natural horses 
You're thinking, you're thinking natural, natural, natural. These are supernatural demons. And then the tail looked like a serpent, snake's head on the end, stinging. Spiritual horses, spiritual devils, chargers. They've been bound in Euphrates all of these years. Supernatural devils. Brother Brown said, what was it? The old Roman Empire being revived. Revived the persecution of the Jews. And then we had those four, Eichmann and Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini. Those four that rose up angels out of the bottomless pit. Men who were anointed with devils. You get Eichmann there standing right there. Blow a little Jewish Kid, little child, blow his brains out. And then and they standing too close and wipe, callously just wipe the brains off of his coat. Yeah, right. Come on. How could this happen without men becoming demonic, devil-possessed, held down by demon powers? And that is the spirit that has been released in this last day. It come against the Jews because they are trying to get back to Eden again. And it comes against the bride in an ecclesiastical manner with every kind of demon anointing coming against her to keep her out of the promised land. Is somebody with me now? Amen. You see, it was a religious sect that could not go to the other side. But you think they will repent? They won't repent. They've already crossed the line. There's no going back for them. You think America can repent? America can't repent. You think the world will repent? The world can't repent. That's right. Revelation 9.20. And the rest of these men were not killed by the plagues. I want you to see it. There was no spirit of repentance. No apologies. No remorse that they, they which were killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which can neither see or hear or walk. And that's how Revelation 9 ends. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. Unrepentant men who will not turn around, who have spurned their day of grace, possessed by demon powers. Demon spirits. Can I go just a little further? Insanity, perversion. They've taken over our colleges. They've taken over our schools. They've taken over our politics. Right now in our nations, the Second Amendment is under attack. Spirit of lawlessness. Wanting to strip our country of its rights to defend from tyranny. Our president said, we we shouldn't own a gun like that. We shouldn't have this. You know, we don't need that to, to... to, to, to stop a robbery in our home. That, that's not what the Second Amendment's about. The Second Amendment is about protecting ourselves from a tyranny, from a government that is running wild. 
That's why that we have the right to bear arms. But they want to disarm our country. And they will. Satan wants to disarm you. Hear me now. I'm bringing this right around now. Satan wants to disarm you. You see, he wants to remove the omnipotent power of the word and leave you something less than a baseball bat or, you know, some, some little something to try to protect yourself and where there's no power in the word, there's no divine healing, there's no miracles, there's no signs and wonders, there's no praise, there's no shout of the king, there's nothing in it because Satan wants to disarm the pride of Jesus Christ. And it's our inalienable right. It is our right to have divine healing. It is our right to have the Holy Ghost. It is our right to have the power of God. It is our right to have delivered from sin. It is our right. But I want to just close this morning saying, we are not defenseless. And we're not leaving out of here a weak and powerless bunch of people. We are leaving out here on the power of omnipotence. Somebody hear me preach right now. Amen. We came to the end of Revelation 9. I want to start with the next verse. The next verse in Revelation 10. And, and joins 9 and 10 together. And says, and but the story goes on. And I saw another mighty angel. Hallelujah. I can show you the insanity. I can show you the spirit of the enemy. I can show you the mystery of iniquity. The spirit of the lawlessness. But let's look away from that right now. I want to show you another mighty angel. Hallelujah. Another mighty angel. What is this? The display of the supernatural. And he put his feet on the land and the sea. Oh, hallelujah. Are you standing there this morning? Are you ready to stand there? A place where the powers of darkness come up. A people where Satan is under your feet. Come on, musicians, right quick. Think of this right now. And while, while all of this has been going on, of all these demon powers being released, the Holy Spirit has been bound by the doors of creeds and dogmas. That's why you needed the end time message to release the Holy Ghost back to the church again. The Holy Ghost is released to do its work. And I saw another mighty angel, not a weak angel, a mighty angel. Angel and a nebulous angel, and he's the one present this morning. You're not alone, you are not by yourself, amen. But you are here right now at this moment in time where the Holy Spirit is back in the church in this junction the full power to raise up the bride of Christ from the ages. What a day we're living in! Hallelujah. The Lord omnipotent reigneth. Let's just worship him for a minute. Raise your hands to him. Give him praise. Another mighty angel. On land and sea he stands. 
What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Oh, you think smoke will permeate. This will permeate every heart, every life. Hallelujah. This, the presence of the Shekinah glory just shining down on hearts and lives. Changing you. Changing you from glory to glory. Oh, God. We're not alone. He promised he would never leave us fighting alone. You're not by yourself, little children. There's a power. There's a mighty one here. That's who came in the days of Abraham, that same mighty one. He would be called by many names. In the Old Testament, he would be known as Melchizedek, El Shaddai, Elohim. He would be known as Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah. He'd be known in all of his seven compound ways, names. But when he comes to the new covenant, it's all capsulated in one name. And in the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue confess that he's Lord. He's Lord over your situation. He's Lord over your life. Amen. Well, Brother Timothy comes here just for a minute. Lead us in a song. I'm just going to take a moment. Sit back here and stay just for a minute. Just, just rest a moment. Catch my breath. I'll come back and minister to you. But he's here. Hallelujah. I'll not leave you fighting alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. In this junction, in this junction, evil abounds. Sodom gets worse. Fire falls. Fire comes down in this junction. Atomic bombs wait. Not just America, the world. She'll burn over for Armageddon. coming the end of Satan's reign but in the reign of this mighty one there is no end why don't you love him from all, with all your heart now this morning I saw another mighty angel take a look on him look to him right now say Lord you're the one I need he's the answer he's the answer to your problems He's answered for your family. He's answered for your life. He's answered for you young people. He's answered for you parents. He's answered for you that have been bit by the serpent. You can just look to him and live right now. He's the answer to you. We're not alone. We're not alone. It is he that said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. God bless you.
our God. Let's sing that last verse again now that we have the words. Oh, everything I need, you have given to me. I'll take it and believe. I'll take it and believe. And from these lips, I speak.